You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And today I've got Joe Mass in the studio to talk about an investor doing a cash out refinance in April during this higher uh, interest rate environment to go out there and reinvest the money. Now, I know we've been talking about doing cash out refis last couple months because interest rates have gone up and that has made borrowing capital more expensive. But we're going to talk about because it, it still highlights why it's a win for the investor and it's still a win for the person on the investing side as well. So, I got my friend Joe Masti from Castle and Cook here in the studio. Joe, how are you? Chris, great to see you as always. Really appreciate you having me on. This will be a fun topic to talk about because a lot of people are uncertain what to do with their equity. A lot of people are sitting on their hands, which is okay if that's what you want to do. Um, but this is a, just a good topic to understand and be aware of. Yeah. All right. So before we jump in details on here, just paint us a picture of the investor. Kind of who, what's the investor profile on here? Yeah. Husband and wife that I've worked with for probably five years now. Um, one is a doctor. The other works in IT. Great folks, really good income, um, live right here in Denver. They started investing in real estate about four years ago, I want to say, and they've got four rental properties, including one out of state. Um, they have a son that goes to school out of state, and so they bought a rental property there that he's managing and running. Um, great people, fantastic to work with, very smart, very educated, obviously, um, and just uh looking to diversify outside of their 401k, diversify outside of the stock market and have done really well in real estate. Okay. And so obviously they have some equity in their property here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is one of the things that is always a good reminder for investors out there because while people are, oh my gosh, prices have gone up so much, guess what? That also means your equity has gone up a lot as well. And that right. equity, um, there is opportunity in there for you to extract it in numerous forms, sell it, refi, put a HELOC potentially, all sorts of stuff you could do on there to see if it makes sense to pull it out. Now, when this uh, couple called you, walk us through the conversation. They have a clear idea on what they, why they want to pull out the money mm -hmm. and how, how, what scenarios do you start talking them through? Because it's always, there's always pros and cons. Yeah. So they started talking about, okay, um, we want to take some cash out of two properties. We're going to focus on one that we're going to talk about today. But hey, we want, Joe, we want to take cash out of two properties because we want to buy another rental and we want to buy another rental out of state where our son goes to college. I said, okay, great. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about it. They asked the question that I think is an important one that everyone asks is, let, let's talk about a HELOC. I said, okay, great. So we reviewed, you know, their first mortgage is at, I want to say four and a quarter on uh, their existing loan. And we discussed a HELOC, which is going to range anywhere from maybe an interest rate of four to four and a half to maybe as much as 6%, depending on how much you're taking out. Um, we also walked through, there's pros and cons to a HELOC, mm -hmm. right? Big benefit, hey, if you don't use the money, you're not making a payment. Um, big negative, interest rates are going up. And interest rates on HELOCs are tied directly to the prime interest rate, which everyone that owns a television knows that that's going to increase six times this year. Already has increased twice. There's four more times to go and should be increasing between a half and three quarters of a percent about every 60 days. So a lot of folks think, hey, a HELOC's great because if I don't use it, I don't have to pay. True. But if you do use it, likely going to have escalating payments in the future. Um, these folks, a HELOC would work because they do have really good income and they have um, bonuses and things that they get that they could use to pay that HELOC off. However, they don't love variable rates. And I said, great. 
let's walk through what a cash out refinance would look like. And so cash out refinance would, of course, increase the interest rate on their first mortgage, but give them that cash at a fixed rate that's not going to increase six more times this year or at ever any point ever again in the future. So we spent time and ultimately they landed on a cash out refinance. And this is uh, their primary or investment? This is an investment. So property. both these are investments, right? Correct. Okay. Um, so landed on the uh, cash or refi for the stability of a fixed interest rate period. Yep. Or a fixed interest rate, which is, I think, very, very valuable in an inflationary environment. So they got that. How was the the rest of the process? Underwriting, appraisal, just kind of all the stuff yeah. you have to go through. Super easy. Great credit, great income. You know, we spent time. Um, this is a condo that they bought. I got them a loan, I think, three years ago when they bought it for about 210 Okay. And uh, the appraisal this time around was 300 So there was a good amount of equity to take out of the property. Um, they took, for this particular property, $52,000 of equity out. Um, their interest rate did go up. Um, Thus, their payment increased. So their payment previously was $980, and it went up to $1,350. So it increased by $370 per month. All right. And what was the interest rate increase on there? Uh, went from four and a quarter to five and a quarter, basically a full one. Okay. So five and a quarter on there. And uh, you said they bought for two tens. So they probably mm-hmm. had put some money down on that too, right? Put yeah, they did twenty five percent. Okay, down. so there. What was your? I mean, first position around what one one fifty one forty one? Yeah, one fifty two. Okay, yep. so one. I mean, so they had. I mean, yeah, they were at fifty percent loan to value. Mm-hmm. So definitely some uh, equity they pulled to there. So fifty two thousand dollars total. That probably gets them pretty close to that seventy five percent LTV, right? Yep, right at it. Okay, because okay, so they maxed out the LTV if they could. Mm-hmm. Great. So they have that money at $52,000. Their payment is going up by $370 a month Mm -hmm. because it's a brand new loan to replace their existing one plus the $52,000 they brought out. What did they start shopping with on that loan? Because uh, I knew so they had two they properties. The yeah, once they got the cash, I'm sorry, once they got the cash oh, yeah, from the they refi the So they looked at several things. They looked at some properties um, in Colorado Springs. They looked at some condos here in Denver. They also looked at um, some properties in Pueblo. That really became, they decided not to go the Pueblo routes too far of a market for them. Um, and they don't have anybody that they trust there to manage it. Not that they couldn't get a property manager, but they have an out-of-state property and they really like that because their son yep. goes to college there. And so they're already traveling there to see him two or three times a year. And the son is there and has eyes and ears on the property. So Pueblo was too far which is kind of a contradiction, right? Well, why are they buying out of state, but Pueblo's too far? Well, because they already have a reason to go to this other out of state area. And they have a key person there. This is a, a big thing for out of state investing. You can't just look at, oh, the numbers lower price point is, but what advantage do you have there? Mm-hmm. Well, they have the advantage of their son, who's going to be there for a number of years. Obviously, they trust. Obviously, he's doing a good job with property number one. They yep. wanna, I don't imagine they buy property number two if the son's not doing a good job. So yeah, that makes complete sense for them then. Yep. And that's always a great thing to look at for like individuals' reasons for investing. Now, I'd like to actually go back since, um, you know, someone replicating that scenario is is pretty unlikely and we can't underwrite those numbers up, up north. But in the last podcast we did together, we did a deal analysis where a Denver investor bought a property in Pueblo for about $155,000. Yep. So actually pretty similar numbers for the cash they have here. So I'd say let's... T- 
pretend, we'll uh, put our pretend hats on, we'll take that cash and say they went down and bought in Pueblo just so we can compare some numbers on there. Yeah. So I've got the spreadsheet pulled up from the last podcast and just to run through it, uh, $155,000 purchase price, 25% down payment, 5.625% interest rate. Now this uh, spreadsheet, I think is a few weeks old from when we bought it. Yeah. If they're buying it now, would interest rates be a little bit higher? Uh, this, uh, probably 5.875. Okay, let's, let's just, yeah. we'll go up a little bit here. So we'll just raise the interest rates. Depends uh, on the day this airs. Okay. Is that well we'll see we'll see upper fives to yeah. be conservative, right? Yeah, absolutely. So everything else stays the same uh from the episode. Link to it for the details. But here's how it plays out. They are basically all in for about forty-four thousand dollars with down payment, closing cost, and it should rent for about fourteen hundred dollars a month. So go in the cash flow tab. We can go see what the cash flow is. They have an annual cash flow of about $3,800 before taxes annually. So about, what, $300 a month? Yeah, $317 a month. Okay, so $317 a month is less than their total payment of $370 a month. So they're losing, what, 53 bucks a month, right? Yep, that's right, because their our payment perf- went up on the, other, on the cash out refinance. And ideally, you would want to reinvest it and make more money than the increase in your payment. Mm-hmm. Right, in this case, if we're... If they were buying this property, that would not occur. So two things to look at is, I mean, this is a marginal difference of $50 a month. If $50 a month screws up any underwriting for you, you should not be buying real estate at the moment. That's because, right. Uh, you will have way bigger swings than that in some months. Um, but I think what's really important is I don't think looking at just comparing cash in and cash out is the appropriate way to compare the investments. I agree. Because as we all know, cash flow is one way to make money in real estate. You have cash flow, appreciation, depreciation, and the debt pay down. When you look at this Pueblo property on here, they're making a 32%, an estimated 32% return on their money by reinvesting that. So I am borrowing money at five and a quarter from the first house that you gave me the refi on, Joe. Yep. I'm reinvesting at 32%. I like those numbers. Yeah, it's a 27%, 26% spread. Yeah. I mean, so when you can, when your returns are higher than what your borrower costs for, that's usually a very, very good like thumbs up indicator. I think so. And this is a huge spread. Yeah. Now, I want to point out something too. On the property that they took cash out of, that rents for $1,750 a month, right? So they were making a payment of $980. So they were cash flowing, what, eight? 30 or so. Mm-hmm. Um and then or 870 whatever it is. Now their cash flow has gone down by $370, but it's still positive cash flow. It's not as much, but they were able to trade in some of that cash flow, which was really good. But we're going to trade in some of that cash flow to get cash flow depreciation debt reduction appreciation and a total 32% return. So in dollars, it's $14,000 that they would make an annual return on this property. And they did give up $370 in cash flow. So let's do the math on that. Chris, if I said, hey, will you give me $4,400 every year? Okay. But I will give you $14,000 every year. Yes. Would you do that? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad this is recorded because I'm going to hold you to that. Right? Okay. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you want to understand is, yes, the cash flow went down, 
but they're gaining in so many other areas, which is going to compound, right? Because appreciation comes compounds, cash flows increase as well. So just in that first year, it's a $10,000 net increase, and that's going to compound over time. I'm so glad you you broke it down like that, Joe, because this is something that I think every investor needs to really look and understand because cash flow is getting way, way, way tough for the market, and it's going to be like that for a bit. Um, but understand what's your situation and understand the bigger picture of the ways you make money and in real estate. Because if I put that same money in the stock market or cryptocurrency, I have a lot less faith in those returns right now than real estate, even though real estate might not be cash flowing where I want it to be where I was used to be a few months ago, um, I think it still has a much overall better return profile. I agree. So it's a very important thing to look at is, great, you have capital. Where's it work for you? And where can you invest that? Can you invest in door A, door B, door C? Look at returns and look at uh, risk and all that stuff as well. And of course, always talk to your financial advisors and CPAs for, you know, make sure you understand the complete picture. But that is the name of the game now because just because rates are going up, doesn't mean investing or wealth building stops. That's right. That's right. I know people that have bought properties when rates were 10%, 8%, 3%. All of them have turned into wealthy people. So just because rates have increased doesn't mean the party's over. As a matter of fact, it's a lot easier for buyers today than it was just three weeks ago. Um, And I think that trend is likely to continue. So if you're a buyer, you're thinking about purchasing a property, this might be the time to do it. All right. So listeners, viewers, if you guys have any questions on how these numbers work out, please reach out to Joe. If you have any questions in general, how to optimize your portfolio, looking at cash out refi, buying a property, reach out to me and Joe. We love talking to you. We're part of the team. We help you figure out scenarios, help you figure out what a what the best investment for you in the current market is. So thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you, Chris. Always appreciate it. 